The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER So I really, you know, studied those tapes. I would take them out of the bin, put them in the machine and just stare, you know, write notes and whatever. And I'm in my own little world. And then one time I'm looking at, you know, the screen and the tapes come out and they pop them in. And all of a sudden I just felt this presence to my left. And I look up and it's Dan Patrick. He goes, so you nervous. My favorite listeners, this is the podcast we like to call Off the Beat, and I am the host that I like to call Brian Baumgartner. Uh, Listen, some people may say the holidays end right after New Year, but those people are very, very wrong. True believers celebrate the real holiday season all January long, straight through Until the second Sunday in February, that's right, I am talking about the holy days of the NFL playoffs. And my guest today is, well, he's a holy man, Rich Eisen, one of my favorite fellas in the business. He was a renowned sports reporter, partnered with Stuart Scott on SportsCenter on ESPN for many, many years. He then was the first hire and is now the face of the NFL Network. He's also hosted his Emmy-nominated talk show, The Rich Eisen Show, for almost a decade now, where I am a frequent contributor. We have to celebrate a victory today as well, because Rich is a proud alumnus of the University of Michigan, and just a few hours before we recorded this, the Michigan Wolverines won the Division One 2023 College Football Playoff Championship. Go blue, as Rich would say. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his career in journalism. And of course, wild card weekend. Let's see how right or wrong Rich was. And then, of course, everything leading up to the big game next month. Here he is, one of my favorite people on the planet. Rich Eisen. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. (laughs) 
Well, hail to the victor. That is correct. I appreciate you referring to me as a victor, Brian. <laughs> have you slept since Monday? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> like a baby. Like a yeah, you've slept really well, except I'm sure your phone's going off every 45 minutes as you're sleeping it's with so all great. the news so pouring great. in. I know. It's been insane, brother. It's been insane. Today, we're recording this January the 11th. Bill Belichick is no longer the coach of the Patriots. Yesterday, Nick Saban is no longer the coach at Alabama. Your thoughts? It's been totally insane, man. I, 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 you know, I've been fortunate to do what I do for a a long time um, since 96 nationally. And Never seen it like this. Never never had the modern-day Lombardi and the modern-day Paul Bear Bryant retire within a a, a span of um, 15 yeah. hours before the other one mutually parted ways with his longtime employer. And, you know, Belichick, 24 years at New England, 17 years for Saban in Alabama. And to have them both leave their current positions within that time period preceded by Pete Carroll after 14 years in Seattle. I, I I don't recall a quarterback, a a coaching carousel spinning off its axis like this one. Well, and also Vrabel leaving Tennessee, which I think most thought was unexpected. Yes. And then about to cannonball into this uh, coaching carousel or pool is uh jim harbaugh my guy from michigan right so it's nuts man so you've got a six-time uh super bowl champion head coach and a seven-time national champion head coach in saban departing the current national champion head coach potentially entering the 2021 coach of the year in vrabel switching jobs as well and pete carroll who like what Jim Harbaugh wants to be is a Super Bowl winning head coach with a national championship in his trophy case as well from college. Uh, It's nuts, man. It's totally crazy. I want to talk a little bit more about your time at Michigan, but before I transition into your life, I just, I have to ask you one question. (laughs) Is that a Packers G? I can't tell you. I can't no, tell you. That, I know where you're going the with other, this. That's the other G. I know you're going with this. Well, first off, should Georgia have been given the opportunity to play Michigan? No. Why no. should they have? Why? Why? Four best teams. Okay. Is four Georgia one of the four best teams? Let me ask you this question, Brian. In 1997, <laughs> Michigan won a national championship and had to share it right. with Nebraska right? because they had the misfortune of playing the last... I guess one would say a college football season before the BCS was born. Right. Where had the BCS taken place in 1997, Michigan and Nebraska would have faced off the next week against one another. Yes. And that didn't happen. So I have spent 1997 to the present day having to push back at Nebraska Cornhusker fans. Well, you know, I, I I know, you know, you had, uh, well, I guess Tommy Frazier at the time. I don't know who the hell it was. You know, we had, you know, Charles Woodson patrolling the secondary and, you know, Tom Brady on our sideline. He wasn't playing. It was Brian Greasy. But I think you get, see where I'm going. This whole argument, I'm not going to have it with you about Michigan. What would happen had Georgia taken on Michigan? I'm just not going to countenance <laughs> it because the bottom line is for Georgia to have made it they needed to beat alabama which it did not do right and then michigan took on alabama the next week and retired nick saban so i you know obviously you could sit here and say georgia's better than texas and georgia's better than washington but washington went through its season and a conference undefeated and won it Absolutely. Texas went through its conference season and won it. Didn't go undefeated, but they did beat Alabama, which beat Georgia. So you couldn't put Alabama in over Georgia, and you couldn't put Alabama in over Texas either because Texas had beaten Alabama heads up. 
So yeah. for Georgia to have just avoided this whole conversation, they just needed to beat Alabama and didn't. I know. And that would have been interesting. Had they made it, they would have taken on Florida State in the Rose Bowl and Michigan would have faced Washington one week earlier. And right. then we'll see what happened. I, I don't know, but uh, I, get, I, I get what you're saying. I know. I know. It, it is interesting. I talked to Josh Brooks, the athletic director at the University of Georgia, the week before. Yeah. And I asked him what happens if Alabama wins. You know, Georgia was hurt. Bowers was hurt. McConkie right. was hurt. And he wouldn't. He said, well, we just have to win. Yeah. So that was it. That was it. You know, but um, I- I'll tell you what, it-, it would have been an interesting battle because Michigan was way better and deeper this year than the time the two of our schools yes. faced each other in the Orange Bowl two years ago where uh, Michigan wasn't ready for that. This year, I think Michigan would have been a bit more ready for it. No, uh, you deserve all kudos. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, you Thanks, did it. Ryan. And now yeah, I, did I did it. Yes. You, 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 you did. Well, you, you in part, well, if you ask yes. Portnoy, Portnoy did it right. You, you should have as much uh, say right. as him, right? I was just down the row from him at the Rose Bowl. Yes. As a matter of fact. And you know, my 12 year old son uh, was sitting next to my nephew, who's uh, a senior in uh, Syracuse and is well versed on the uh, travails of the stool presidente. And his uh, seven-figure bet on Michigan Yes, at the Rose Bowl, my 12-year-old son turns to me in no fewer than about eight times during the game. He goes, Dad, is that guy over there really betting a million dollars on this game? <laughs> and I'm like, I believe so. I, I, believe, I believe so. Yes, I think so. Not that you should ever do such a thing, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I hear you. You grew up in uh, in. Staten, Staten Island. Island. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Wagner High School there. Yes. When when did you get an idea? I always like talking to people about you know, when you're a kid, you have a dream of being a fireman or being a quarterback of the Patriots or whatever. When for you did you start thinking that that journalism at least was something that you wanted to do? Well, I it, it was basically when I realized I couldn't hit the curveball, okay. make the jump shot, throw the perfect spiral, run very fast, and I did love sports and I and I I always did love the idea of being a sportscaster. You know, if I I, I er, learned early on that if I ever wanted to reach a certain level within the sports world, it wasn't going to be through the athletic part of it. Mm-hmm. It was going to be through the verbal part of it. So I, I, I grew up having emulated, uh, Marv Albert was the NBC local sportscaster at night, yep. also called Knicks games and Ranger games. And I grew up listening to Marv and watching him. Howard Cosell on Monday night football was somebody who I emulated. And so I always thought to myself, that's an, that's something I'd want to do and found my way into it through just a long journey from college into uh, working for a, a local newspaper in my hometown as an intern, working for the student newspaper at Michigan. And uh, Sports Center came into the, the world in 1979. And then while I was in college from 86 to 90, that's really when it began to explode. And was kind of put on my radar screen as, as a goal of wanting to do that. Oh, you were thinking about it then in college. Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I did a couple things extracurricular in college. One was work for the Michigan daily. And I covered Bo Schembechler's final season as uh, the football coach there and covered the Rose bowl that year, actually. And that's what it's kind of emotional for me to see Michigan with Harbaugh win the Rose Bowl this year and bring my wife and kids and nephew to the game. And so, you know, kind of point like that press box right there is where I, I sat in that in 1990. And now here I was in January 1st of 2024 with, a, you know, my whole family watching Michigan win. It was really emotional for me. And uh, the other thing I did was stand-up comedy. That was when stand-up really exploded in the mid to late 80s when uh, they made Tom Hanks, Sally Fields movie uh, out of, uh, you know, stand-up comedy. And people were waiting around the block to get in. And the student union was having a, uh, a comedy night once a, a month. 
and I did comedy there probably once every other month. Sometimes oh, I wow. did it one month uh, after another, and I loved it. I loved the feedback. I loved trying to figure out what a crowd was into, making jokes and having a set and doing that. It was the toughest thing to date, Brian, that I've ever had to do yeah. is stand up, which is another reason why I love to have funny people on my show every day and comedians, you know, not only because I grew up also watching Johnny Carson and, and Letterman, and that's the lifeblood of, of talk shows are, are comedians coming in and you playing straight man to, to <laughs> right. him or her. But I, I, I also just really respect the craft. Those are the two things I did in college. Who do you remember like loving or, you know, kind of following in terms of stand up as you were doing it? Or, or was there anybody you emulated or? Well, I mean, I don't know if, there, if, if I really was into that. I mean, okay. about getting into who I emulated. I just, Loved going and doing something live and the immediate feedback of performing in front of a crowd. I've always never really had a problem with that. Right. And to this point, you know, in time, in my, my life, in my career, I, I'll make a joke on NFL Network or, or my daily show or, or I'll, I'll have done it on SportsCenter, which is, again, in college, it kind of mixed the, all the dreams together of comedy and performing art and and sports casting which is what sports center really was at the time and so i really didn't have a one comic that i was trying to emulate i was just being myself and having a good time right and i loved it i just like i said i really loved it to the point where now i'll make a joke on any of those sets and it's not the job of the you know the folks behind the cameras on the floor to laugh at my stuff but if i don't get an immediate feedback to a joke i make on the air i'll think it's fallen flat so I, I do miss the feedback. I do, I do miss all of that. And it was amazing, man. I, I, I loved doing it. Loved it. Well, you know, another thing that was happening at this time was the huge comedy second city that was birthing out of yeah. Chicago. I know you spent some time in Chicago yeah. before moving on to ESPN. You got a job at the Chicago Tribune. Were you covering sports there? Jeez, was I covering in Chicago? I'm not really. I I, okay. I went I went there for a hot minute, really, okay. for graduate school, and I, that's where I really had hoped to move into the TV world. Okay, in Chicago, because I, I after graduating Michigan, I went back to my hometown newspaper for three years and worked there for a while, and had a great time, but realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I really wanted to try sports casting. really wanted to get into TV. So I went back to Northwestern, lived there for about six months. I, you know, just to pay some bills. I did some stringing for the Chicago Tribune where I would, you know, go out to Wheeling or Schaumburg and, <laughs> right. and, and, and get the stats from the coaches of the high school games and call them in to the uh, sports desk. You know, like that's what I did. Right. But I also had a great time covering sports for the school, you know, or for, I guess, for my school work. And that's when Jordan retired for the first time. Okay. That was wild, was there. Met Harry Carey as the Cubs once, I think it was, they named Tom Treblehorn their new manager. So I met Carrie Carrie before the uh, press conference. It was noon. He was already into a couple Bloody Marys. I'll never forget that. <laughs> so that's what I basically did in Chicago uh, okay. while I was there trying to get my degree, my master's degree. So Right. You know, one of the other things that I, I like to touch on are, are people that others don't know about who have sort of a, a profound impact on you. I, I read Mike Mangus. Yes. There in Northern California, Redding. In Redding, yes. Uh -huh. You worked at uh, KRCR there. Yeah. Did he have a specific, he was a sports director, have a specific yes, impact he was. in your direction? Yeah, I got my first job in Redding, California after I was done with Medill at the School of Journalism there. I graduated and I got a call from one of my fellow uh, classmates who got a job in Redding, California, and she told me, you know, the sports casting job is open here. You should apply for it. And I did. And uh, it took really, I had to really, you know, twist the arm of the news director to, to let him know that this kid from New York City was really serious about coming to his hamlet in Northern California and treating a job with seriousness, but also bringing my brand of 
sports center isms to local sports casting. And I did that. And Mike was the main sports anchor there. He had been there for a long time and he's still there now. And there were oh, four wow. sports casts there that uh, per day uh, at five o'clock, five thirty, six thirty, and 11. So I did the five and the 11. and so it was a long day but i just remember a lot of the stuff that i did was just off the wall i I brought a sports center style to local tv and you know uh, there was a a big wrestling match that was going on in the high school prep sports world there Uh, anderson high school their their school's nickname were the cubs and they were going against another local high school in a big you know real wrestling competition and I decided to make like a wrestling promo out of it and turn myself into the junkyard cub, you know, <laughs> and I enlisted Mike in to be the straight man, like the mean gene of it, you know? Right. And uh, there were a lot of people there in Reading who were like, you know, what, what is wrong with this person? You know, like, and they'd call up and they'd complain, like, he's not taking this seriously. My son is trying to get a wrestling scholarship or my son, this is really important. I I used to wrestle for Anderson and my kid is now wrestling because it's a legacy and he's treating it like it's, it's the WWF because I believe it predated the WWE and, (laughs) and Mike, I, I, I mean, I don't think he ever told me, but I, I'm sure he saved my job a couple of times, you know, where he, he took the figurative bullet for me and the, the complaint department and the general manager of the station at the time, who was very you know, matrician and buttoned up and probably was wondering why did we hire this person who's creating so much of a ruckus that we're getting calls at night <laughs> Then we never got calls from people over <laughs> no, the 11, 20 11. o'clock sports yeah. cast. Like what the <laughs> hell is happening? You know? So Mike, Mike was always awesome to me and gave me the space knowing that I wasn't planning on being there to make a career out of being in Reading. My goal was to get to Sports Center, and right. remarkably, I got there from Reading. Like I, I really like won the lottery by being discovered by ESPN while I was at KRCR TV, and I, I went from there to Sports Center at age twenty six. It was like getting struck by lightning. Um, but what an incredible gift, though, to have the experience yeah. before being thrown in there. To be able to do, you know, some different ideas to allow you to explore your own brand of humor and and to have that experience in front of a camera with a crew around, you know, it's not just in your basement, but having that on air experience, that seems like a great gift. Well, it was. And, you know, I mean, when I walked into sports center for the first time, Brian, there, there were more people in the newsroom than were in the entire employee list of KRCR, you know, and then. And then you look around the newsroom and it was everybody that I, w- I was dreaming of becoming a colleague of or had been emulating or ripping off in my sports casts. And suddenly I was thrown into that world. And it was the golden age of SportsCenter, 1996, when I strolled in there. It was Dan Patrick, Dan and Keith at night, the big show. Yep. Um, the six o'clock Eastern Sports Center with Bob Lee and Robin Roberts and Charlie Steiner. And then the overnight show was Craig Kilborn and um, Linda Cohn and, um, you know, a, a whole host of others. Mike Tirico is occasionally doing it still Mike at that Tari- time. Kenny Maine. Kenny Maine, obviously. Yeah. And then, a, you know, the ultimate obvious one is Stuart Scott, who I was connected with more often than not for about a seven-year period after that. Were you intimidated walking in? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Of course. I, you know, I mean, I remember trying out. I mean, they flew me all, all the way across the country from Reading to, to Connecticut. And unbelievably, there was a snowstorm on the East Coast the first time I attempted it. Couldn't get as far as Chicago. I had to go back to Reading without telling anybody there where, where I was going. Right. And I was just like brokenhearted that I had to go back because I'm dreaming as I'm flying east. And then I'd never get there and turn around. I'm like, maybe this is a sign that's never going to happen. But two weeks later, I went back. And I remember staying in the hotel across the street on the Sunday night before the Monday I was um, auditioning. And I I just couldn't sleep, just not only because I was so hyped up, but it was one of those hotels where you could 
hear this stream of water above you and you realize it was the person urinating in the room above <laughs> you. So uh, I couldn't get any sleep. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just turn on Sports Center now and get in the mode. And I'm watching the Dan and Keith Big Show. And uh, as they're going through their highlights, I thought to myself, I would have done it this way. I would have used that line. My my thought would have been that, not this. Or that was a great line, but I would have tried it this way. That's how I was going just to keep my mind as an exercise going through it. Next day, go in. It's now time. And they give me the rundown, you know, piece of paper with the list of the highlights that I would be calling. And the, you know, hey, write us an on-camera lead-in into this highlight. And then you'll do three, three highlights. And then you'll do this on camera lead into those highlights and the highlights that they gave me were the exact tapes from the Dan and Keith show the night before. Oh my God. So I was unwittingly preparing exactly for the audition I was going to have the next day. And so I crushed it, man. I knew exactly what I was going to say. All the stuff of, I would have done it this way. I then did that. Did that. Right. And I, nailed it i mean i crushed the audition crushed it and i remember al jaffe was the vp of talent at the time coming out and he was elated because you know i mean he's flying some kid 26 year old kid from redding california across the country i'm sure there were some of his colleagues going really like is this (laughs) the guy you really want to throw in the mix with all these you know with everybody and and um I then got completely intimidated by walking in there when I was fully hired. They they had me observe. I was the last hire before ESPN News was created, where they would then put all the future hires on there to cut their teeth. I was the last one that they hired and threw directly into the Sports Center pool. Um, and the one thing that I did observe that I did pick up on it, that's something that sticks to me to this day, is every single one of the sports center anchor colleagues that I was so eager to be colleagues with and uh, and that I thought I knew because I watched them each and every one of them walked in the room and was the same exact person that they were on the air and I remember thinking to myself okay so if I don't know if you can curse on this pod or not yes okay I mean if like so if you're going to try any bullshit on the viewer they're going to smell it that you have to be completely authentic. I mean, when Chris Berman walked in the room, because he rarely did sports centers back when I started, but he would just kind of parachute in for one week and go back and do sports centers. And that was the week I was observing. So to watch Berman walk in the room and be the Chris Berman I watched on the draft and sports center, I'm like, wow, okay. Like, that's the way to do it. You can't come on and give some sort of a voice or some sort of, you know, bullshit. Just be yourself. And everyone, Dan, Keith, name it. Everyone, Kilborn, my God. I mean, that he, he's as genuine from, from on the air as, as off the air as anybody I've seen. So that was definitely um, a lesson I learned real fast. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It seemed like, or I don't know, from the outside, it seemed, well, like you and Dan seem to clearly have a a great relationship now. Both of you visit each other's shows fairly regularly. Did you feel like there was a lot of internal competition? Because everyone at that point, oh, okay, there was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was, I mean, but. You know, you also had to understand as well, you know, like, sure, there was some internal competition, but there was also some tough love. And, you know, I got some from Keith about my on-air style and Dan hazed me, you know, like the tapes that I told you about that, that I was able to audition off of and know already because they were from the show the night before when I would do the 2 a.m. Sports Center, the 11 o'clock tapes would come upstairs and most of them would be reused, you know, the, when there was a baseball game that was over. Right. for the 11 o'clock show and they would just use it again for the 2 a.m show because there wasn't anything that was that needed to be added to it so i really you know studied those tapes i would take them out of the bin put them in the machine and just stare and you know write notes and whatever and i'm in my own little world and then one time i'm looking at you know the screen and the tapes come out and they pop them in and all of a sudden i just felt this presence to my left and i look up and it's dan patrick and he goes so you nervous <laughs> <laughs> and i thought to myself you know like uh all right i think i'm being hazed here and i i i took that as um a uh, a little bit of a he wouldn't have done it if he didn't think i could handle it or right. or, or i i, I that, that was that uh you know when when keith left uh to go to msnbc and his seat was open there was a i i wanted it bad Stuart was pissed that i wanted it bad He's like, we're a team. Like, what do you want to leave our team to go just be with Dan? Like, Dan was with Keith. Like, you don't I need you don't need to create a new team. We're the team, right. you know. Like, but you know, and when Kenny got it, there was some a lot of people like, well, you know, I I deserved it. There was some of that, no doubt about yeah. it. But it, it was just an incredible place to be, and certainly at the time that uh, Sports Center was having, it was. Um, I'm really lucky to have that time. Really lucky. What were you most proud of during your time there? Uh, just most proud of being myself and growing up and um, having a great time with Stuart. And well, I'm just proud of the fact that I, I still run into people. Again, I'm 54 now. And I'll have like, it's crazy, man. I'll have like, I'll be standing there at, at school, you know, with my, my kids. You know, I had kids a little late with my wife. I'm standing there and a dad whose kid is in my kid's class will come up to me and tell me, you know, that they grew up watching me on SportsCenter, you know, <laughs> before they went to fifth grade school right. because SportsCenter used to be re-aired. The one that Stuart and I did was wrapped by 3 a.m. Like my regular out time average was about 3.30 in the morning. And then I'd go to sleep and the shows would be re-aired from 5 a.m. Eastern all the way to 1 o'clock Eastern. There would be a noon to 1 o'clock Eastern show. Now, as you know, ESPN is live programming nonstop. But at the time, they would just re-air those sports centers. I got some of the biggest exposure, television exposure of my career while I was sleeping. You know, (laughs) I was dead to the world. Like sleeping at 11 in the morning because I, I needed my six hours, you know. And so... I'm just proud that it still resonates for so many people and that whenever the subject matter may come up on social media or wherever I meet people, they've got like this warm and fuzzy feeling about their own 
childhood or growing up and they view me as some sort of a figure from that time when they were young and innocent and learning about sports and having fun watching sports center that I'm that person for them here uh in 2024 I'm I'm really proud of that. Yeah. That's really awesome. And I I love to hear you say how authentic everyone was because yes. I would say particularly you and Stuart worked so well together and felt so comfortable, so different in so many ways, mm-hmm. but just complemented each other perfectly. Yeah. I, did you ever I meet have, him? Did you get to meet him? I did get to meet him. I bet. Yes. What'd you, and, and where was it? Uh, early ESPYs, I okay. think. Yeah. The first time and and maybe the, the first couple of times. Yes. And saw him on the golf course. Actually, the ESPN thing they used to do. Um, yeah. For, for the ESPYs, right? Out for here the in LA. ESPYs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he loved to play guy. golf. He was terrible at it. Oh god, terrible. He was terrible at it. Yes, yeah. I remember now. Yes, but he loved it, and yeah. he had no concept of uh, how to score. None at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we had to tell him at one point, like, listen, today, if you hit the ball out of bounds, and you then drop the ball where there is a white stake, you need to go back and re-tee it. Yeah. If you drop it where there's a red stake, you may hit it from there, but it isn't your second shot. You know, like we had to tell him yeah. that. Tell and him it that. wasn't yeah. it wasn't him being, you know, yeah, like cheating trying to cheat it. Like yeah. there was yeah, no yeah. money on the line or anything <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. We're just like, dude, no, 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 no. <laughs> there were provisionals. Like pro V's, he thought meant provisional. I'm like, no, that's the name of the golf ball, man. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and I think I played with him twice, and this was before this was a thing. Yeah. I don't know if 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 this was a normal thing or maybe it was a weather thing. He wore sleeves, like oh, the yeah. long, tight. Part of like, that is because he was ripped. He was right? ripped. I think you want to yeah. show off his physique. Stuart yeah. was ripped. He was always yeah. ripped. He loved that. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. a Jordan thing, too. I'm sure he had all the latest Nike gear from his buddy, MJ. And and Tiger, oh God, Tiger loved him, and he loved Tiger. He always, Stewart always looked great on the golf course. He always yeah. had the latest of this, that, the other thing, and then he'd go out and shoot a buck thirty and tell you he shot an eighty nine. We're like, dude, <laughs> oh my God, like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, and, and then again, like his eyesight was very poor. Just watching him look for a golf ball, we're like, dude. You've got 50 of them in your golf bag. You know, Tiger just sent you a box of 900 of them. Just drop one and count it as a stroke, you know, when you do it. Oh, my God. I just love being around him. He was just, he was always a blast, man. And we did, we did get along. We did get along from the very, very beginning. Uh, One of my favorite Sports Center commercials we did together is very rarely seen. We ad libbed the entire thing. It was, was right it? around. We shot a Sports Center commercial around that that they said they were going to air. They were going to air it around Christmas. They wanted to shoot a Christmas time spot, and they didn't even have a script for it. They just had an idea that Stewart would present me with an IFB in a box, like one of those earpieces, uh-huh. and just present it to me, like come up to me in my desk, and we ad libbed the whole thing where I'm just typing away taps me on the shoulder he goes this is for you and i'm like for me and i open it up and it's the uh, my my earpiece they had mine and i'm like oh my god it fits like you know my size and everything thanks man and we would then we paused and waited and quickly gave the bro hug and then separated <laughs> You're like all right you know cool and he walked away wordlessly it was perfect like we did it in like one or two takes it was exactly 30 seconds they were like good enough on and we we thought they'll never air it because there was no script and those right. sports center commercials were really closely guarded like they would walk around the Wyden Kennedy people with the ESPN folks from the marketing department if you were chosen for those spots that was very competitive too like you like how many spots did they get how many because I only got one and you like and you know am I you know how much am I in it you know that's that was very competitive back at the time and they're like you know we, we're thinking of doing one for Christmas. You guys want to try it? And they, they put my earpiece in a box 
He walked, tapped me on the shoulder. I remember I was sitting at my desk. It, it's rarely seen. I don't even know if it's on YouTube or not. Wow. But I I'm loved it. We just, we ad-libbed it, the whole thing. And it awesome. was, I love that guy, man. Love him. It's awesome. Uh, you leave seven, eight years at ESPN and you become, I mean, I think it's safe to say the face of the NFL network, the first hire, first talent hire in 2003. You've now been there over 20 years. How difficult was it for you to leave ESPN? Oh, it's real tough. Oh, it was real tough, but they, they made it easy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, you know, after a while, you know, sports center changed as an entity because just, uh, you know, in in our fast paced media world, man, I mean, the advent of cell phones and, um, the explosion of, I, I know I'm dating myself, the internet, it really changed sports center from a show. And at least in the mind's eye of management of a show telling you what happened, assuming you hadn't seen it yet, or assuming mm. you'd only seen it once and wanted to see it again in a entertainingly presented highlight form. And it went from that when I first got there to the end of them, assuming you've not only seen it, you've seen all the highlights. Now you just want to know why something happened or an argument over why something happened and whose fault it was or, mm. you know, that sort of thing. And that was how things changed. I went from being a sports center anchor to a crossfire moderator sometimes mm. is how I felt. And I also saw that, you know, Disney had just recently bought ESPN and um, I wanted to play with other toys in the Disney chest. I thought I should have a presence on, uh, say, Good Morning America when a big sports story hit or do other things like play by play. And at the time, management only wanted me to do more sports centers. Right. And I, I fir- held firm to my ground and, uh, towards the end, they gave me a, a possibility, like literally two weeks before the end of my contract being up to the idea of maybe hosting a show called cold pizza that turned into their morning venture in New York city. I turned that down for various reasons, even though I wanted to live in New York city. And so I guess they took that as an opinion of, Hey, we tried our best and you're out. That was tough, man. I mean, it was tough. I, I never thought I would leave ESPN. It was my identity. They took me out of Redding, California. Right. And so uh, I joined NFL Network. I had another opportunity to potentially call Braves games for TBS because they were taking full and complete control of the Braves broadcast into a retooled TBS. And um, I, I guess I'm just trying to think here. Would I have wound up on TBS more than you? <laughs> I don't know. Not anymore. Okay, not, not anymore. Not, I know. Not anymore. But, I, but back in 2000, you know, <laughs> yeah. back in the aughts, you know, and yes. and, and and in the early uh sure. Yeah, yes. Okay. I'm just I don't know. I'm yeah. just throwing that out. I'm just yeah. trying to find yeah. like cuz they were retooling TBS into a spot where people would watch comedy and stuff yep. like that and and then Braves games and things of that nature. But I chose NFL Network out here in LA and um you know, it was run uh at the time by Steve Bornstein who's the former president of ESPN and he knew what I could do. I always tell Steve he's smart enough to have hired me twice. And now here I am 20 years in, man. 20 years. You do an amazing Thanks. job on the network. Thank I you. feel like, you know, this sounds weird, but I feel like you're very, very fair when you perceive there to be multitude of sides. If that Thank makes you. sense. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, I, I, I honestly, I always feel you know, Brian, like there's got to be some version of a nuance, you know what I mean? That, that maybe I'm not thinking about or anybody else is thinking about. I, I, it, I don't know. I, I, I just want to take the approach that I hope is completely open to, uh, normal. <laughs> I don't right. know. I, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know what else, how else to describe it, but it is something that I'm, I'm hopeful that people appreciate it. Yes. And I always try to be as reasonable as possible, but I'll, I'll sometimes fly off the handle. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, I love the NFL and by the way, the, the work that they have given me an opportunity to do on good oh, morning yeah? football a number of times. I, I love seeing you on it, man. That really that's a fun en- show. You're great. Enjoy doing that. Even, even co-hosting it 
very rarely, but you know, I, I think the thing that the NFL is awesome. They're not always right. And everything that happens on the field doesn't always go correctly. And to me, it just as a person doesn't have to be perfect. That entity doesn't have to be perfect. I think where I think at times people get frustrated is when we we are all expected to to pretend that it is perfect. Right. And I feel like you in a very even handed way are are very fair. Well, I appreciate that. But I mean, look, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate to, to that when I took my job with the NFL. So so I got I got let go by ESPN in late May of 03. I got married on June 7th of 03. I went on my honeymoon. On my honeymoon, I was driving from Venice where I signed my contract. Wow. Down to Tuscany and on driving my wife on the A1, my phone goes off and you know, and so she answers it cuz of course she's not going to give it to me driving in Italy where people, right. you know, drive this close to your bumper. Right. Uh, and then she hands me the phone and I'm like, this must be someone important. It must be the president. Instead, it was Dick Vitale. He was sad that I had left. But the reason why I bring all this up is I got a call when I came back from my honeymoon from the COO of the NFL. I, I, I was unfamiliar with the NFL flowchart, Brian, completely unfamiliar with the flowchart. I didn't know. I right. did more baseball than anything else when I was at ESPN. And uh, I call up Bornstein and I'm like, I got a call from an executive uh, who, who says he would like to, to meet and talk. He goes, who is it? I'm like, it's the COO. His name is Roger Goodell. And he goes, Roger called you? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, hang up with me, call him back. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> and I called Roger Goodell, the chief operating officer of the NFL, and he Got right on the phone. Welcome to the NFL. And do you play golf? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, do you want to play? And I'm like, sure. And within the next week to 10 days, I was on a golf course with him. Just me and him. And wow. we're playing around. And I remember where I was because it was at the time what I appeared to be in my life, the deepest sand trap I'd ever been in. <laughs> and you'll remember those, right, Brian? Even though you're yes. not in those very often. I, yeah. know you ha- I know you're a game. You're a great stick. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember getting out of that sand trap and he finally got around a business. It was, it was in the, the back nine. He says to me, you were hired to do a job for us. And I want to make sure you do the job that you were hired to do. If there's anybody that ever pushes back against something that you say, you know, and you're uncomfortable about that, you reach out to me and I'll help fix it. That's what he said to me before he even uttered a syllable for NFL Network. I didn't come on the air until November of that year. This was the summer. And uh, true to his word, honestly, so I feel um, safe, if you will, to criticize officiating or coaches' decisions or anything that may happen when it comes to changing a rule or anything like that. I feel completely at ease and i think that helps you know with what you're talking about you know the 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to americans and yet there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates young voters who are angry the campaign moment podcast from the washington post gives you what matters I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. going to ask you about this you mentioned it before obviously i know now it is something that's exciting to you You celebrate 20 year anniversary in november the next day you call the chiefs golf the chiefs dolphins game from germany only the second time there you like calling the games oh man do i love it i love it because everything that you know i've and in this conversation is you you know your your listeners probably would gather by now what I've done my entire career is talk about things either after it's over or talk about things in advance of them that get you ready for them. Ah, yes. And here I am talking about it in real time, and I'm the one describing it for you. I love that. What a what a complete blessing it is to have, you know, quarter century into my career, an opportunity to try something different. Uh, to be challenged by the endeavor and love every second of it. That's awesome. Because, you know, like the kid that learned fast, I can't hit the curve and I can't throw the spiral and I can't make the jump shot. I would be the one watching those who could and calling the action in the street in Staten Island, you know, and now here I am doing that, like doing that and not just anywhere in these different locations around the world of these very important games for the league to try and sell the game abroad. And the crowds there are awesome. They are awesome. The crowd in Munich, Germany, you know, ask Brady, ask Pete Carroll, anytime you see him, what was that game in Munich like? And they will tell you it felt like a Super Bowl, And it did. Uh, The games in Germany this year, the games in London, whenever I get to do them, uh, and then the ones that I call domestically, uh, I, I don't take them for granted for various reasons. One, because there is such a, a, a fleeting time where you get to do something new and love it. So I'll take advantage of that. Also, I better get it right because it is the largest audience that I speak to. <laughs> I mean, you could take you could take the ratings of the Sunday morning show that I've been fortunate to do for 13 years now, add it up for an entire season, and it doesn't equal potentially the audience for name a game like that Dolphins Chiefs one what a huge audience it was so if I get something wrong 25 years of my credibility could be flushed right down the toilet on the spot and then the the last thing is it is a serious responsibility for somebody to call a game accurately but not overwhelm the viewer I've got to be additive, right? You know, I can't be subtracting from your enjoyment of the game because I'm screwing it up or I'm talking too much. And it is really challenging. You know, one last thing on it. I, it just dawned on me this morning. I said this to my wife when I woke up, I mentioned it on my show today that in the 24 years of Belichick being the head coach of the Patriots, the number of big games he coached in, right? All those Super Bowls. The first one was called by Pat Summerall in his last game in the booth was Tom Brady's victory over the Rams in that Super Bowl with John Madden in the booth. It was the last ever Summerall-Madden game. And then their next Super Bowl was Joe Buck's first game in the booth calling a Super Bowl for Fox with Collinsworth and Aikman in the booth. And Jim Nance has called all those Super Bowls for him as well. And Al Michaels called the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl moment. And all of those AFC Championship games and Monday night games and Sunday night games. 
the person who called Bill Belichick's last win as a head coach of the New England Patriots, you were looking at you. There you go. That's what I told my wife this morning. I'm like, isn't that something? <laughs> That's so cool. I called it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm like, okay, I'll put that on my resume. I'm, yeah. I got that. That's And good. I don't take it for granted, man. I'm like, that's, I got to do it. I'm really lucky. That's awesome. There's so much I could talk to you about. The Rich Eisen show. Which uh, you've been on. I am, I, and I may be on again soon. I don't know if okay. you've heard the word yet, but uh, I will be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl this year. Let's go. I'm sure someone will call you about okay, that. Okay, good. Okay. All that you have done uh, for St. Jude's Research Hospital, through that, the amount of money that you have made on run, for run, rich run. I, I, I can't let you go, though. Sure. We're here on January 11th, wild card weekend. Yes. You have your own job. It, they pay way more than I do on NFL <laughs> Network, but I want, I want you to give me a thought about each game, Browns, you Texans. Got okay, you ready? This will help me prepare. You're helping me. Just a thought. Here you we don't go. have to. You don't have to no, do a no, pick. I no, I got you. No, no, Browns, no. no. I, know, I know what you're looking for. Browns, Texans is fascinating. Uh, C.J. Stroud is only the 16th rookie starting quarterback. Again, we're counting Brock Purdy in this, even though he didn't start a full year like C.J. Stroud did. Somebody who is unquestionably the starting quarterback for someone's team as a rookie. Going into the playoffs, he's the first, he's the sixteenth such quarterback in the Super Bowl era to do what he has done. I believe he is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. He has been dynamite. He has been dynamic. He has taken the Texans from worst to first. And the guy he's facing is a thirty-eight year old starting quarterback, just like you know Purdy. In a way, got the gig late in the season, and he is the most Mister Relevant guy. In a long time, and Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl MVP for the Super Browns. Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Thirty-eight-year-old going against a twenty-two-year-old. Browns against Texans. I can't wait. It could be a matchup between two of the finalists for Coach of the Year in Stefanski and D'Amico Ryan's. And the Browns have an opportunity if they win that game, depending on if the Chiefs do beat the Dolphins in that night game, which we are possibly expecting, because the Dolphins, as you and I are talking right now don't have Xavier Howard, one of their defensive backs. Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert are questionable for that game. Tyreek Hill was in a walking boot, and I'll just say this, despite his remarkable physical capabilities and athleticism, I proffer to say ankles that are already a little bit banged up tighten up in zero-degree temperature, mm -hmm. which is what this is supposed to be like in Kansas City. And it's the Tyreek Hill game against the Chiefs in Kansas City that we did not get because that matchup was called by me and NFL you. Network in Germany. So we didn't get that. We're going to get that now. And then the rarity of the third playoff game of the weekend, those are the two on Saturday, get Peacock, folks, because it's only streamed that Kansas City Dolphins game. Woe to whoever works in the phone banks in 30 Rock and Burbank in New York and California of people calling up on Saturday saying, where is that Chiefs-Dolphins game? It's on Peacock. It's only being streamed. So there's that. And then the rarity that the third playoff game, the first on Sunday, completes the entire conference. The AFC will be done and wrapped up of Super Wild Card Weekend before the NFC uh, plays a single down on this weekend. It's the Steelers and Browns at, uh, pardon me, the Steelers and Bills on Sunday. And the yeah. Bills, a team that a lot of folks didn't think they'd make the playoffs at 6-6, six and six, and the Steelers go from seven and seven to make the playoffs. So you got a six and six team as the two seed now hosting a seven and seven team that you didn't think was going to go there. And everybody from Pittsburgh, as you know, makes a straight line up to Buffalo to actually go and see that game. Uh, potentially, you put it all together, and there's bad weather coming for that one too. Do the Packers have a chance? So the the Cowboys and the Packers, as you know. My God, you know Green Bay very well. I know you're a Packers and Falcons guy together. Yeah. And so you know uh, Rodgers' success against Dallas uh, in his two playoff games. One of them was Dez caught it in Lambeau. The other one was Jared Cook caught it in Dallas. Favre had less success against Dallas in his times 
against the Cowboys in the playoffs for Green Bay, which, as we all know, if Fox wants to show some ice bowl footage, I think they'll do that, too. These are classic teams to face each other in a perfect, perfect matchup for Jordan Love in his remarkable first playoff season as uh, the full-time starter in Green Bay. Uh, I'm psyched, man. What better way for the Cowboys to be tested at home where they seem to be invincible than have a team that doesn't know any better because right. they're all like 19 years old, you know right. what I mean? And and so I, I can't wait to see what that one is. And then, of course, the fact that it's Mike McCarthy against the Packers, against the guy that replaced him. It's pretty sweet on every front there. Then the Lions taking on the Rams. Matthew, of all the people, for the Lions to have to stroll into their building, of all the <laughs> gin joints in all the world. In all the world. Okay. It's been 30 years that this gin joint has hosted a playoff game. And the Lions have been waiting this for decades. The one guy who strolls into one and done him in that situation is the Lion King himself in Matthew Stafford. And then there's the fact that, you know, he's on the Rams because the Rams flipped Jared Goff to Detroit. And he's the guy that's trying to show McVay that, yeah, I know you got your ring with Stafford, but not today. And Dan Campbell's biting kneecaps off. And that's why I think the NFL chose that one for, for Sunday night football on Sunday night on NBC. And then you've got uh, the Monday night finale between the Bucks and the Eagles. And last year, the Bucks were on Monday night with Brady. Couldn't get past the Cowboys. Can Baker get past Philly, which has looked like a shell of a team compared to what they looked like even in the first dozen weeks of this season, let alone last year's NFC championship game. And the Eagles and Bucks have a playoff history for sure. Warren Sapp always loves to tell me how the team shut down the vet in uh, their Super Bowl season years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and won it. And then the next year opened up the new link and beat the Eagles there that back-to-back, boom, boom. They beat the Eagles twice, shutting their old building and christening their new building with a big fat L. They go way back. And uh, I can't wait. I hope that's what you were looking for for a uh, hey, wild card preview. That's why you're the best in the business. Thanks, Rich pal. Eisen. I mean, if that didn't get you excited for this weekend, nothing. Here we go. Nothing will. Congratulations on your Wolverines. Thanks, pal. Uh, as uh, Pat McAfee said pregame Monday night, despite all the distractions this mm -hmm. year, these players found a way to impose their will, and uh, they did, and they won. Well. And you're happy. Just a full disclosure, uh, Pat said that and then chose Washington. So <laughs> I saw it. I see everything, Brian. I see everything. Well, they I did. Make notes. He was right. And he notes. just wasn't right about that. Well done. Congratulations. Thanks, and Thank good you. luck this weekend. Thanks, pal. Thank you, Rich. It's always fun talking a little NFL with you and so interesting to hear about your journey from Redding, California to, well, Bristol, Connecticut. I'm looking forward to see how your predictions play out over the next few weeks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Come back next time. An old friend will be in the studio with me. She's a hell of a lady and... She loves cats. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Ali Amir Sahin. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.